You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 172 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? Great, Val. How are you going, Valerie Koo, the Da Vinci? Like You're like the uh, Renaissance woman. <laughs> you are. I wish because, I you was know, the Renaissance woman. <laughs> in, in, um, I think in a, in, in 100 years or, t- or 200 years, they'll be mm-hmm. like digging up artifacts and yeah, they'll right. be like, oh, yes, this is, uh, this is an original uh, coup. It's a, uh, <laughs> uh, from, from, uh, from her painting. No, no, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. This is an original from the macrame phase. <laughs> And uh, and then she was also a master at painting, and right. she dabbled in sailing. And now, <laughs> not sailing, motor boats. They're not going to be with sails. They're motor boats. Oh, she she mo- she was a, a motorboat aficionado, and she yeah. also uh, um, uh, towards uh, the middle of her career. I'm calling this the middle of your career, Val. Okay. Okay. Right. She, uh, she also uh, got into working with woodcraft and has just <laughs> discovered putty. Is that right? I was playing with the putty today. It's called Timber Mate. <laughs> and just I was just like, hardware I, just, stores. I just love playing with putty. <laughs> It's like you're like a four-year-old. It's like, oh my god, putty! It goes into the timber, and you, then you it dries, and you sand it back, and yes. the cracks, the cracks I, are gone. Which anyone who's ever actually <laughs> lived in a rental property or done up a house in their life, you know, has you know on their own gone. Oh, there's a crack. I'll just fill it with some putty. Most people, you know, not Valerie. Really. But, yeah, That's like oh, normal. People yeah, know about this. I think most people do, but it's good. And oh. I'm just wondering when the um when the Renaissance with woman putty. is going to then branch out <laughs> to maybe uh like because you continue to surprise and amaze <laughs> me in amazing ways. When are you going to go into uh, cooking? And uh, <laughs> then the the one that will just like uh, I, I won't be able to cope with is like if you start talking gardening. I don't think either of those things are actually ever going to happen. No, because I never thought you would get uh, animals and you did. And I remember when you first got the cats, it was like because you're going, you kept coming around to my place going, but I don't, yeah, I I don't understand animals, (laughs) why anyone would have one. And then you got your own and now. Mm. Oh, I love them. Yeah. My babies. Yes. And now you <laughs> love painting and you love like timber. You. Yes, timber. Who would have uh, thought? 
Um, <laughs> but uh, this isn't a so you want to be a renaissance yeah, artist. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, everyone, it's not. I'm excited. We've got a good show uh, today. Yes. I've got an interview with an awesome photographer who I have uh, respected for and followed for many years. Her name is Lisa Saad and uh, she's got some a, a fantastic interview which where she talks about uh, she's a multi-award winning uh, photographer Val and she's won over like 200 awards and she's mm. been commissioned for work all over the world and she's like one of those rare masters of photography so really excited to have her on and uh, she covers uh, topics like uh, the importance of shooting personal projects and her style of art that she's uh, um, developed uh, of late is more of a photo illustration or photographic art so she talks about that she reinvented herself. She goes into that and uh, all all the thought process that goes behind her uh, photo shoot and creating the multi-award winning series, The Anonymous Man, which it, like I, I, when I first saw that, I'm just like, wow, I've ne- never seen anything like it. It's really impressive. And some share some gold, some printing tips. A lot of, I know a lot of the listeners have been asking, how do I get my images to look like they look on the screen when they're actually printed on the wall? So Lisa shares her, her techniques for that. So I'm excited to uh, share that with you. But I think um, I found a link, Val. Oh, okay. Yes. And, uh, this before is, we, you mean before yeah, we talk to, we Lisa? to okay. Lisa? We've got, yes. um, I uh, was uh, looking around and do you know how everyone now wants to look good on Instagram? Yeah. And you know how you see, often see the uh, super, super rock stars of Instagram uh are always on their private jets. Like that's kind of the probably the best uh, image you can put yes. post on Instagram if you want to show the world that you like you you're you're there. You're a, a real rock star, right? It's yeah. you in yeah. your jet or you and your. Actually, I was watching the Lady Gaga documentary during the week. Have you seen that? Oh, I started, but I got so bored oh. that I that I gave up. Why? It's so good. Really? I, I got bored. It's, I couldn't – it couldn't hold my attention and I really like Lady Gaga. She's amazing. What an amazing talent. But, like, there's mm. one scene where, like, they finish a concert somewhere and they just all get on her jet mm. <laughs> and she gets into bed with her little dog. Oh. <laughs> like, what a life. When are but, we going to go on a private jet, Gina? Are we going to go on a private jet one day? On Val with us, like, yeah. you know, but I know how to do it, Val. Okay, yes, do tell. If you want to maybe not own, um, if you don't own your own jet, but you want to be seen in one, there's Mm. this Russian company that give you the opportunity to uh, fool all your Instagram followers and you rent out uh, the private jet for photo shoots. Cool. So we just, all we need to do is get to Russia. Yeah, I really want to go, but like you can have uh, shots of you boarding the jet, 
like they'll 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 give you a makeup artist and a, a whole crew as well to photograph the whole experience. So you could be just leaning up against the jet. You can bring your doggy on board and uh, put him in the seat there. So show your dog on the jet, or you can be just like you know checking your text and looking out the window <laughs> of the jet, or disembarking, or you know getting out of the limo and yeah, and just look cool on Instagram. This is an industry now, Val. Yeah, right. Okay. On Instagram by having. We just need to go to Russia. Need to go to Russia, hire that jet, and do a shoot. Okay, so this is a company in Russia, and it's called Private Jet Studio, and uh, it's a two-hour photo shoot with a personal photographer for only two hundred and forty-four dollars. Dollars, yeah, yeah. Hire a jet. It's never gonna. It's not like it's gonna drop you off somewhere. No, but but, (laughs) but who's gonna know? That's right. I wonder if it's like Airbnb for jets. All right, so we'll put that link in the show notes, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. If you too would like to hire out a private jet for your photo shoot. (laughs) So what else has been happening in your world, Gina, while I have been painting and doing woodwork and all that sort of thing? What's been happening with you? So I actually did a shoot in a recording studio this week, oh. Val, which was very cool. And I, because we're podcasting now and we've sort of got, you know, sort of semi-okay uh, microphones <laughs> now, I had uh, microphone envy and there was all the uh, audio technicians that were working there and I'm in there are going, see this, Is, should I get one of these? What, <laughs> I was just that painful uncle at a wedding when they see the photographer and they want to know, like, because I'm like, I've got I've got a microphone similar to that, right? So should I have it at this angle? And they're like, oh, God, get this girl out of here. Mm. So that was really cool. And we had our mastermind last week for the Goal Community Val, and we, we um, ha- had a really good chat about uh, the, the importance of uh, using LinkedIn for photographers. Oh. Yeah, and we also yep. chatted about how to prepare for a photo shoot and the sort of things that you need to be talking with your clients about to make sure that like you're both on the same page in terms of what they're expecting from you and what you as the photographer should be delivering to them. So that that was really cool, Val. I love the oh, I love all of the members of the gold community over at GinaMilitia.com. Just so many people from different walks of life, and uh, they're doing really inspiring things, aren't they, Gina? Oh, it's amazing. It's just like every time I see a new or do a, a new photo critique, I'm just like blown away by mm. how how quickly they're progressing through the ranks. Like you just see in a space of, you know, a few months and, and you just like the my favourite part, Val, is when mm. you you see that they 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 click in with a new they'll, they'll find a new thing like they might start off with daylight and then all of a sudden they're they're branching out and they're they're starting off with uh flash off camera and then their their techniques are getting more and more sophisticated and then suddenly that you see the style to, uh, you know evolve and now i can i can look at most of the members and i can like i could see their stuff online and i know whose it is because their styles yeah. are, are starting to develop which is so cool it's really makes me happy Val and of course you can find out more about the gold community just go to GinaMilitia.com and click on join the community to find out more 
Now, Lisa Saad is who we're chatting to today. What tell us? You've t- told us a little bit about Lisa, but um, how did you discover Lisa, and why did you decide you wanted to chat to her? So Lisa, I have known uh, about Lisa for many years, uh, like, like probably for the whole time that I've been working in the industry and I've also always seen her work uh, and um, it's uh, recently, I think in the last uh, few years, she started her this uh, series of uh, work for personal a personal project for an exhibition called The Anonymous Man and it's like when I first saw this, it's like, oh my God, this stuff is amazing and it's a combination of this uh, illustrative photography where she combines multiple images like I'm talking often there, there might be you know several dozens of images combined to to create one image and it's very personal work and uh, it's a, a re- reflection of you know how she was feeling at the time when she started this uh, this series and she talks about uh, what the catalyst was for, for that in in the interview but I think um, you know when when you Sorry, see, I couldn't find anything called cool talks about the catalyst. <laughs> Ooh, that's, Siri, um, Siri decided has, uh, to chime in. How dare Siri just? Wow, that. Siri that is, is so rude. She has not been taught manners. She has no manners at all. Even okay, though, it's like Siri, I didn't know that she worked when the uh, phone was off like that. How dare I didn't she? know she was eavesdropping. Uh, where was Imagine I? Imagine what else she's heard, like when we've been talking. That's do you know that? Scary. Do you know that they listen to you, and then they change the preferences in the ads you see in Google and on Facebook and things like that based on stuff you say. Uh, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that actually correct? I've heard that said because anyone. You've heard that said, uh, but you don't know up. that for sure. So maybe you perhaps know how I say stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So Gina's Gina has got no basis for that statement. So don't take that as gospel. All right. So um, let's have a listen to Lisa Sard. Lisa Sard, g'day. How you going? Welcome to the uh, show. Thank you. I'm good. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> Where in the world are you at the moment? Um, I'm in a place called Richmond, uh, which is close to, well, about a couple of kilometres outside Melbourne, Australia, um, and I'm sitting in my office at awesome. the moment. Awesome. Yeah. And you travel a lot for your uh, work, don't you? So you've been recently, you did a really big trip, right, pr- practically around the world. Is that right? Um, yeah, so I... Yeah, I've been um, to quite a lot of places around the world, and, so, and sometimes I do big trips where yeah. I, you know I went to um, America and Canada, uh, which I'm about to do again at the end of the year. And then sometimes I might go to a place for a few days, like five five days or so. And I recently went to Azerbaijan and Georgia, um, and I went there to photograph buildings. Amazing. For my um, series, yeah. Amazing, and that's the Anonymous Man series, and we'll get into that in depth uh, shortly. Yeah. But first of all, uh, can you tell us about uh, your, the type of photography that you do? Like you, you're now celebrating thirty years in the industry. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So, so you were two when you started? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I was very close to two. <laughs> um, I was no, I was uh, nineteen when I. Registered and started my 
business and I was still in second year uh, doing my Bachelor of Photography, Bachelor of Arts in Photography at RMIT, which um, is the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology. And uh, I registered my business name and I started shooting uh, towards the end of that year. So I was 19. Wow. Wow. So can you yeah. can you remember your first uh, professional gig? What, what, what was it? Yes. And um, it was quite interesting because um, at RMIT we used to do studio assignments and one of the studio assignments was to photograph a tyre. Uh, uh, like a, a, a car, a car. <laughs> yeah. And so my first job ever was to photograph a tire. Wow! And so, yeah. did you light it? How many lights? <laughs> oh, I don't look. I don't remember that specific, but I do remember that they were very happy. <laughs> and I, but I do remember thinking, oh, this is quite fortuitous that I have just learned how to, um, you know, light a tire and do a sort of um, low key photography, considering yeah. the tires are black. Yeah. Um, because they're very hard. They're actually very difficult and uh, not very, they're technical to shoot. Um, but, yeah, so that was my first job. And my second job was a can of baked beans. Wow. Yeah. And look at you now. I know. Such humble beginnings. <laughs> I've come so far. <laughs> so so uh, what do you photograph? What, what, what genre do you photograph in the um, most? So what, what would you call yourself? How would you describe yourself as a photographer? I would say that I sit in the advertising commercial world, mm. so I'm probably more commercial advertising, um, corporate photography, and I'm also uh, now, I guess I'm considered now as a digital photo illustrator or a digital artist or photo illustrator. Um, and and that, yeah. yeah, so your 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 father was an illustrator and your mother was a painter. Is that right? Uh, no, my my um my both my parents were very artistic. My yeah. mother was an oil painter. Yeah. Um, was my, that her job, or she did that as like? Uh, no, a, that was her hobby. Wow. Yeah. And uh, but she was very good at art. So yeah. she, and but she was also good at um craft as well. So um crocheting and yeah. knitting and all sorts of and making things from nothing basically. Yeah. And my father was probably more of a woodworker, and um but he had he had sort of high. Well, he does still have high-level um, artistic skills when it came to drawing. Yeah. My older sister um, was a or is a drafts person, so she does um, architectural drafting. Yeah. But she she was sort of the the very talented person. Like she she was able to to draw anything, any object in real form. Yeah. Um. So and was she the so, favourite in the family? Yeah, I, I always say that she was the one that was most likely to succeed. Right, and <laughs> um, the golden child. But yeah. uh, she, she was, um, or she is, very, very, very talented when it comes to um, art and drawing and um, being very creative that way. And you know, even just um, technical drawings that she does in her work. And so. I I was able to draw. I could draw a lot of cartoons. I couldn't draw in realism like my sister could. Yeah. Um, but um, and I couldn't draw from from my mind's eye. I had right. I had to draw. I did have I could only had copy. Yeah. Whereas, whereas my she was able to draw from her mind's eye. Um, but um, I got into photography quite young. Yeah. I knew I knew I wanted to be artistic. And I knew I wanted to create things from nothing. Um. Because that's the environment I kind of grew up in, 
I love and, that. Uh, I love that you say to create uh, something from nothing. I think that's yeah. uh, lovely. So, is that is that your approach to your photography? Yeah, because I'm constantly creating an an image or something that starts at a blank canvas or starts at nothing. Yeah. Even even in the studio when I'm setting up, you know, to photograph product or people or whatever it is, you have a blank canvas, you have an empty studio, you have a white wall or whatever, and then you create something. And, and you capture it. So, and because I grew up in that environment yeah. and that was it with everything that we did, you know, my, my dad, um, built a house down in the Phillip Island and, you know, it was an empty block of land and then it was a house, you know, that sort of thing. But he encouraged us always, uh, to be involved in everything. So we were plumbing and building and, <laughs> you know, laying tiles and doing all of that when we were quite young. And that, that was just an artistic, that's it another way to be artistically sort of impressed and, you know, go through life and learn skills. Um, yes. So we're all very capable um, cooking and, um, you know, whatever it was, they always kind of involved us. So we were very lucky in that respect. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like a beautiful um, way to grow up. So, like, <laughs> so, so at yeah. what age did you start taking photos? I started taking photos about six. I was six years old. Wow. And um, because we were building this house near Phillip Island, it was a place called Coronet Bay, uh, which is in the western port of um, Victoria, um, I tripped over a camera when I was at the tip with my father and I found – I ran up to him and said I found what I was looking for. <laughs> and and so because uh, I always kind of knew that that's kind of what I, want, what I wanted to do and I was drawing then As anyway. a six-year-old, you knew you wanted to be a photographer? Yeah. Really? Yeah, so – yeah, so they would give me their camera and I would always take the photos. And I was eating dirt photos. as a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah. That's and, um, amazing. Yeah, and I got my and I, my dad built my first darkroom when I was about 10. Really? Yeah. yeah so you were processing shack. and printing your own stuff? I was processing. I wasn't. I wasn't printing yet because I didn't have any larger. Uh, and it wasn't until I was twelve that I was printing. Yeah. That's so I was printing amazing. Black and white. Yeah, yeah. So I was quite young, you know. Um, but that, that's that's the type of people that they were. They, that's amazing. Yeah. When it came to that sort of artistic side and learning and developing yourself, they were very good at that. They were very good. Yeah. They were very strict, but they were very good at that. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so yeah. like in that 30 years, you've had a successful, very successful career. It's still going, obviously. Yes. But um, yeah. working in, in advertising, you've had, um, you know, you've worked with some really big names and uh, been a prominent, you know, Australian photographer. Yeah. Um, but then something that I've noticed over the years, like I I sort of as I got into my career, I really just got caught up in the whole just shooting and just trying like, you know, the next job, the next job, the next job. Yeah. And I was never really, it, it took me I think till about 2010 before I started doing any personal projects. You seem to have done those um, all along. Is, is, that, is that the case or like how often uh, were you shooting personal projects and how important are they to you? Um, I have been shooting personal projects um, since I can remember. I've never right. actually stopped. Wow. And I do remember having a conversation with a photographer when I was still at IMIT and um, and I still remember this conversation. We were in his studio and I was, you know, <laughs> getting ready to do something for myself, some 
some so I, I invest everything back that I earn pretty much hmm. into my my craft and um, and the, the conversation was you know that I would stop doing my own stuff and I just couldn't understand that I was like why would I why would I stop you know, he, he just said that that's something that happens. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. And he was like, "Oh, you know, you just you know, you'll never do your own work. You know, you'll get you'll start shooting, and then you know, you, you just won't be interested." And I was just like, "No, no, no! I will always do my own work. I yeah. will always create something." And um, uh, I would say that I pretty much do something for myself at at least once a month. Wow. And, and yeah. how, is that like what, what would you schedule that? Is it a day? Do you like? Is it a trip? How, how does that work? Yeah, it's either scheduled, so I'll go away and and just shoot. Like I might just mm. go and shoot canola fields. Yeah. Um. Or I might just I don't know buy some flowers and shoot flowers in the um, studio or on location. You know, sometimes it's very simple. Sometimes yeah. I'll just grab, um, you know a. Uh, just one camera, one lens, and I'll just use that all weekend or um, I'll go and shoot specific for something else that I'm working on. You know, like I'm organizing a shoot for the 29th of October yep. um, with a with a ballet dancer and we're getting costumes made and I'm investing into this and yep. she's coming down. Um, she's, she lives four hours away, so she's wow. coming to Melbourne and yep. we're um, scouting locations and we're going to, you know, sort of do that. And that's that's not commission. That's no, you know, nobody, nobody else knows about it. But it's like, no, I'm going to go out and I'm going to use this sort of lighting and I'm going to use these sort of backgrounds and I'm going to create a beautiful set of images um, that then I can, you know, potentially put on my website or blog about or whatever it is these days. But it just it increases my skill. So my my training age, when you think about it, because I grew up swimming, you know, always talking about your training age. My training age in photography is so long um, and I've become more and more comfortable with it, but I still have to keep it up because it's my skill. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing, but every time you press, every time you make a decision to take a photo, um, that increases your training age, increases your experience. It makes things a lot easier in the long run. Uh, you'll be able to do things faster and quicker, and you know, visualize all sorts of things that you that you want to do, and and it just allows you to experiment. Um, yeah. And a lot of the a lot of the the images that people know that are mine, a lot of them were a crazy idea that I had, and thought, well, I'll just go and try and do it. Yeah. And and I think if you if you didn't do that, you sit in your, you sit sort of in an area where you're just shooting, and it's just it's hard slog, and it's just for somebody else. It's and somebody it else. Quite boring. It feels um, different too, doesn't it? And yeah. it looks. You can see. I mean, the the commercial stuff that you do is is beautiful. But like when I look at um, your personal work, I really see uh, you and what you are about in those images, and um, they really do take on. A life of their own. Um, so, yeah. can, can you tell us about the An- Anonymous Man series? How how did that come about? Like, I, so I can see. Um, I've seen some behind the scenes videos of you creating those images, and I'll link to one in the show notes. But yep. like, I can see that it starts. Do you start all your images with a, a sketch? Is that how you plan it out? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I start them with a sketch and also um, a, um, a backstory. So 
I'll give them a story um, and then I'll start them with a colour palette, So, which is very important in that sort of series. Um, so so in, in your own words, can you just describe uh, like the, the, the series and um, like just roughly so, so that yeah. this, who haven't seen them can um, have an idea <laughs> um, of what, what they are? Uh, so they're a series based on um, dreamscapes and yep. on feelings um, and they're all sort of entwined into emotions, feelings um, and uh, using um, tonal perspective. Mm. And so what I mean by that is that the, the tone is actually giving you depth, yep. which is not new. Painters have used it for a long time. Um, they're slightly high level thinking when you if you really want to get into them quite deeply mm. um but they're all individual but yet they're all put together by the lone figure that's in them and he's he's a man mm. um and there's no reason why he's a man that's and even though i'm female it's just mm. because um the the sort of the black suit and the nondescript um person that you don't see his face because you see the back of him all the mm. time he can be anyone mm. um and um uh, he he is an extension of me in some ways, and but he has the burden of the image or the world on his shoulders at all times, and he's the the heart or the anchor of the story. Uh, I use I use architecture in them as well. I photograph all the architecture that you see in the photos in camera, and and I and I create the images around the architecture. And sometimes I would have dreamed an image, and then I'll go and find the architecture texture wherever it is in the world photograph it come back and create the image wait wait so you you'll dream and then you'll go right well where was that is that is that what you're saying really yeah because because i'm influenced by a lot i'm influenced by everything that i see you know movies um music videos yes uh films um YouTube stuff. I, I mean, I'm a very visual person, yep. and so and so I may have seen something four years ago, which I've completely forgot about, but it's come back in in sort of my reality or my dream or whatever it is or my daydreaming or whatever it is, and I might see something and go, oh, where is that building? And then I'll I'll find it or I'll hunt it down or I'll you know see some architecture that I'm inspired by. And I'll travel to the building, I'll travel to the region, photograph it in a way that I know that will sit in the um, image the way that I see it. Um, I don't always see a complete image. I might see sometimes half. It's like a, it's like uh, a TV, an old-fashioned TV that where the, you know, the image used to start at the top top left corner it used to scan down right it's like sometimes it'll come through like that sometimes it'll just be a color yeah it'll be like a depth of color yeah um the what the image with the diving board um that looks like a ship but it's not a ship with the ladder that goes up the side of it i only saw those tones the blues going into the um the sort of the orange the yellow right. i and but i i saw a very big um, concrete building and it wasn't until I realized that that building was in Singapore that that was the building wow <laughs> yeah so because I saw that I thought oh there's that shape that's the shape that I need and so we traveled to Singapore so I could photograph it that's awesome and like yeah. we do you like the work of the surrealists because that's like the first thing that struck me when I when I saw these uh images I, I could see um 
they're quite surreal in in the execution and like the yeah. the, the sort of the illustrative uh, nature of uh, the, the the look of the image uh, to me. Uh, what was? I, I think what they are is um, they they sort of play on a few different levels. One, they're familiar to you, but they're not familiar. Yeah. Um, and and everyone and everyone will have that reaction. People will either like them or hate them, and that's fine because you can't. I can't sort of have everyone you no. know, like what I do. Um, the other part is um, they're they're quite emotive, so yeah. you're having a reaction to the tone um, or the the color, and the the dynamic range is quite small. So they they might have a five stop dynamic range. Yeah. So I'm keeping I'm keeping. So do you want to just range. explain that the five stop dynamic range? What do you yeah, mean by so, that? Yeah. So what I mean by that is you know old fashioned um, negative um, film. I used to have an eleven stop dynamic range, which what that means is that the the difference between the shadow and the highlights was eleven stops. Right. So from so, from the brightest part of the image to the yeah. darkest part of the image, you got eleven stops. So you've got like a, like a, a, a low sort of contrast. You, you gradually goes from light to dark. Yes. Yes. So just say uh, we were looking at an f stop on a camera. You know, it might be two point eight to <laughs> F sixteen mm-hmm. <laughs> at a guess, <laughs> so that's the sort of the the difference in exposure between yeah. one and the other. Um, so transparency film that we used to shoot on used to have a seven stop dynamic range, seven to eight in yeah. memory. Um, but um, these images would would be within I would say five five to six, as in as in the the tonal um, the reality of them is quite small, yeah. but also. Also, because I'm playing with color and I'm playing with color palettes, yes, um, you're you're sitting within a wavelength, and right. depending on how you're feeling will depend on how you react to them. Um, sometimes I use contrasting colors either yes. in the background or the foreground. Yep. Uh, sometimes I might have a highlight color, uh, but there will always be uh, cookies or elements or items within the image to keep you in the image and not have you leave it, yeah. which is why if you look at them, there might be a lamppost that's very, very at the very edge of the image or there might be birds scattered around which will help you guide your eye up and down and around the image. Yes. Um, and then or there might be um, a windsock going one way and a tie going the other. Right. Uh, you know, there might be a plane uh, up in the you know top right corner that will push you back down, you know, into the – sort of the an area like in the middle of the image that I want you to go to which then will push you back down into the bottom. So th- so the way that I saw it was I, I analyzed how images were made and I and I analyzed how people see and and I worked on the the theory based in film in motion picture where uh, just when you're about to lose the focus of the audience or people would get bored or that you know they'd start to look off off um, frame. Yeah. They would then change it. They would then change your perspective or change your point of view or give you something else to look at. Um, and that's kind of what I tried to do within the images was I tried to make it so just as you were about to leave the photo, I gave you something to push you back down in. There, There is so much in them. Like, so it, it, this kind of image and, and like they really do lend themselves to being on a wall, you know. Yeah. I think that's where they they come into their own. But you can mm. sit and look, and as you're saying, you, you just keep um, 
seeing something new. It's like, all right, I didn't see that. And I guess that would change depending on how you feel. So if you approach this image and you're uh, not having a great day, you're going to have a different reaction to if you were like, you know, feeling great. What, um, just briefly, do you want to talk about the catalyst for uh, what, what was the catalyst for creating this series? That like you were having like a um, a particular a series of events. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, so all based around. Um, uh, I think the majority of the events were within 2013 and 2014. Yeah. Um, so my, um, I guess the first, the first uh, I had a cousin that passed away when she was about 52 from a brain tumor. And, um, I mean, we had had death in the family, but it was never on the level where it was close to my age. It was always like right. older wow. or people overseas that you didn't really yes. know. Um, so my cousin passed away, which was quite traumatic for the family, yes. but, um, it was around also the same time that my mother was diagnosed with vascular dementia and uh, her decline was quite steep. Yeah. And um, and around that time, uh, my, even though my father was struggling to look after her, we had to make a decision on we were either lose both or um, because his health was you know, not the best but he was declining as well. And so we, we made the decision pretty much around the time that my cousin passed away to put my mother in a nursing home. Oh, that's tough. And, which is quite tough. Yeah. And she was only 73, so yeah. she wasn't very old. And and But she had she was the, the nucleus and she was the rock, like a lot of mothers yeah. are, but she was the, the one that remembered everyone's birthdays, everyone's yeah. phone numbers. And so, um, you know, she was very strict, even though she was – the painter and quite creative and stuff. She was very, very, she was hot, very strict. <laughs> um, and, and she, um, her decline was, was so fast that, uh, when we put her into the nursing home, even though it was the right thing to do. And even though, you know, because, you know, my father just couldn't, um, have her at home anymore. Um, uh, going to see her every week or if sometimes I would be traveling and then I'd go and see her every two weeks, there was – you could see the difference as she was mm. basically degrading. And I had also had, – I also had to make the decision to stop IVF around that time as well. Oh, my well. God. What are you, oh, so, that's so, so much for – like yeah. that, one of those is a lot to deal with and you've got these yeah. three tragedies going on at the same time. It's yeah. like, yeah, so that's I had so, to so sorry. With, IVF, my mortality, my mum's decline, you know, the, the fact that I probably won't be a mother, um, that, you know, we had three mis- uh, I had three miscarriages and um, in 2014, sort of the following year, uh, my, my mother passed away in June mm. and I got married. Uh, I was married in July. No, sorry, she, yeah, she passed away in June. I was married in July. We went overseas. I came back and I was pregnant and I miscarried again. I didn't know I was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was just jet lagged. Um, and so it all sort of came to a head at the end of 2014. And it was it was almost like it's just too much. How much can it bear? Yeah. How much can you bear? Yeah. How much can a bear bear? And mm. um, and so I had a fairly large job in Sydney that I went and shot, came back. It was around the end of December and just was done. I was done. I sat mm. on the couch until – the 4th of Jan. Um, and what happened over the 4th of Jan, really good friends of us 
decided to split up as well. So it was all like all this going on. That was a big year. It was a big. It was a big year, and um, and so I pretty much just did nothing. I didn't. I don't think I. Okay, I, I live in a three-level house, and uh, downstairs is my office. The middle floor is the studio, and I don't think I came downstairs for at least a week, maybe even two. Yeah. <laughs> or even if I did, I, it was like a quick bypass. Yeah. And uh, um, so the fourth of January of the following year, which, which we're now into 2015, I decided that I was going to do everything different. I was not going to be that person anymore, play that game. So I um, wrote to about 90% of my clients and and expressed my gratitude and then let them go. So wow. I, yeah. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and there was other clients as well that I stopped working for. Yeah. Uh, other, I was shooting a lot of magazine that at that time as well, and yeah. I stopped working for them for whatever reason. And um, and then I uh, started to rebuild. So I just did one thing at a time. Yeah. And the anonymous man hadn't happened yet. Like it hadn't come through yet. But I was. Um, Were you having those dreams at this point? I was, ha- Were you I was getting having anything? a lot of visualization. Yes. Yeah, I was daydreaming a lot. There was yep. a lot of. So uh, even in this like color. depth of grief, you're 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 having these uh, visions. Yeah, yeah, but it was more color based then, and mm. I didn't really understand them. And that was, you know, that was the thing. But the the, the first image, the anonymous man number one, where you see the building and the guys on the very edge with the papers flying behind yep. him. Um, I saw that as clear. As day, yep. as clear as I see my office, and and that was like a recurring dream. It was like, and I was like, oh, well, why am I seeing this? And because I had been to that place, I had photographed that place when we went to our honeymoon hmm. in Auburn, in New York, and I was seeing like the buildings and walking down, and I could see the fence, and I was like, why, why am I seeing New York in Albany? You know, like why am I seeing sorry Manhattan Island in Albany, New York, and why is that? Um, and I, oh, oh, that's right. The VPs were coming around, and I thought, oh, I might enter them. The VPs, so that's the, <laughs> the VPs, the Victorian Professional Photography Awards, right? Uh, yep. And I enter those um, as a growth and learning experience, and they're really good to experiment and and even just get your work out there and get it seen yeah. by people. And that's that's the platform that I use them for. You get yep. blades and you get yep. shards of glass and whatever. But that, yep. But you know, I was using it back then to give myself a project and 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 sort of point my what I do personally all the time to something. Yep. And so, uh, so the Victorian Awards were coming up, and then at the same time, I was asked to um, produce three images um, on spec for a possible um, exhibition in a foyer. Right. And and because I keep seeing this image, you know, I thought, oh, you know, I might. I might just go back and look at those images that I shot overseas because I hadn't looked at them. So yeah. we went overseas directly after the honeymoon. Yeah. And and we came back in September and I hadn't looked at them. So we're talking like next February. Yeah. And so I um, had this commission which I was excited about and I thought I'll just go back and have a look at the images and it was really late at night and I created that image overnight. Right, it just happened. Yeah, it, it was happened. meant to come out. It needed yeah. to be born, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and I still remember when I created it. I still remember looking at the screen, going, 
wow. <laughs> was there a shift in, did you feel like something was, that was the beginning of the lifting from the grief or was there like some, did you start to feel like that the work was saving you at that point? No, not at that point. At that point, I I immediately got a massive boost of confidence. Yes. Um, that I knew what I had to do. That was probably more what it was. And and so the next night I created number two. Yeah. And then the next night I created number three. That's massive because like yeah. ha, how many hours go into one? Because I've seen a like, uh, you know, the behind the scenes of the creating, there's like four bazillion layers, that, yeah. you know, but you, you do it so, and I'm like, wow, she's so fast. But, yes, you've sped it up. Uh, but there's up, just yeah. so, so many elements that go into these images that you you do it so, you know, seamlessly that like the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, man, that's amazing, all shot in camera. How many times must she have gone to that location? But then, I, you know, I start to see how many elements are, are in that and how cleverly you've done this. Uh, so, yeah, how, how long does it take? I mean, obviously each one is different. Yeah, but- each one is different. So some some take like overnight as in um, – you know, approximately eight hours to construct yeah. it, and I might spend another three hours refining. Yeah, uh, or maybe longer. Some could take five days. Some wow. take ones taken a month. Um, <laughs> you know, the flying doctors one, which is number twenty six, that yep. uh, that took two weeks to shoot and finish. Wow. Um, is so it the same guy in every shot? Is that no, have you got one model no. that you bring in? So it's a different different model. So. Well, um, it was originally because I wanted it to be the same man all yep. the time and the, the original man is my husband, Anthony. Yes, yes. But because I was entering them into the awards and you can't have same subject, ah, I had to start reshooting things. Right. So I had I would have to go and reshoot light poles and, and concrete and textures and men. So then I started bringing men saying, bring your suit, come, come over here, or I'd go to them, or I'd be on a job shooting a headshot or in a car dealership shooting a car yeah. and then I'd be like, can you just stand there with your back <laughs> facing me and I just took a few frames because I needed like variety of men and then, yep. you know, and then I'd bring say Kylie and say, what's Scott doing tonight? Can I come <laughs> around and photograph him? And I'll be there yeah. at like 11 o'clock at night. So it's so, an obsession, isn't it? Like you are constantly, this lives in your head constantly now, doesn't it? And yes. so you're like, you can't look at something without thinking that should be in the next or I'll, or are you spotting interesting architectural elements and photographing them and filing them away in the, might need that down the track folder? A uh, bit of both. Most yeah. of the time I go and shoot for each image individually and it might take me a while to collect the – like it might take me um, a couple of months to collect all the Im- all the bits. Yeah. Um, but we'd say with the Flying Doctors, like uh, – like, what's I'm saying? Like I, I um, flew to Majura then drove to Broken Hill yeah. and I had a list of things that I wanted to photograph just by research online, went and photographed all the elements, came back – had no idea. All I saw was him standing there, yeah, uh, on the tarmac with his with his tie next to a windsock. Right. I didn't see. I didn't see. I saw the color, the tone. Yep. I didn't see anything else. I didn't see the landscape. I didn't see the behind him. I didn't see the plane in the sky. Uh, I just saw him standing there with with a line, and and him looking off into the distance. Um, oh, and I saw. Oh, that's right. I saw a camel. 
as well. Yes. So I went to Shepparton to photograph the camels. I went to Broken Hill to photograph My all God. the elements. Um, I shot um, Melbourne as well. Yep. And then I, I put it together, and uh, and that was purely because uh, the flying doctors, the Royal Flying Doctors here in Melbourne, um, so the Australian Royal Flying Doctors, they were having a, an event coming up, and they yep. asked if they could um, auction one of my images, the existing ah, right. yep. man. Yep. Yep. And yep. I said, and I said, oh, I'll just create one for you. And they were a bit <laughs> hesitant because they, they have had artwork created before. Yeah. But when they saw it, they were blown away. They were just like, yeah. oh my god, and. And that was that was that whole thing about trusting myself yes. and going with the flow and creating on inspired thought and yep. um and enjoying it, enjoying the process. Like I love driving to Broken Hill, even though it's three oh, hours yeah. and nothing. No, but but it's like you're doing like you're completely yeah. in control here of the images, and I see that in every single one. I see the that like the, the the love that you put into the shot just oozes out of every single pixel, and it's not just like it's not a job; it's a passion, it's a love. I yeah. see that in every image, and that's why I think. Um, that's what struck me uh, about these images and that's why I was like so and, – and plus I've never seen anything like it anywhere, ever. Yeah. It's so uh, – they're so unique, so yeah. unique. Yeah. But I, I have a feeling that – I have a feeling like if you, if you sort of um, looked at them and then sort of um, analysed them, I would, I would suggest even myself that they are a compilation – of a lot of things that I've been exposed to. Yeah, of and, course. You know, like even even the stuff that I'm doing on the side, like the image with the pool and the Oscar and yeah. um, Kylie below, you know, I may have seen the pool shot that way somewhere yeah. and or been influenced by that or seen the, the diving board in that position or yep. the colour of the water, you know, whatever it is, you know, you know going back to you know, this man, I may have seen, uh, you know, like, the diving board in the one that looks like a ship, but it's not a ship. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's like water that's right up against the building. Now, I don't know where I saw that, but I, I kept thinking that. Yeah. You know? Uh, and the diving board that's been made up by a few different elements. So I couldn't find that diving <laughs> board. So, you know, I had to make the diving board. Um, but, uh, but make it out of photographs you know yeah, i would photograph a wall and then that's how i would make the side of the diving board i'd cut out the shape and render yeah. it and, and uh put texture on it and stuff like that so that's yeah a, so yeah you're yeah. talking about my happy place here like you know <laughs> yeah that, 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 this this is uh like it just sounds uh like an incredible uh adventure that you're on at the moment with the um let's let's talk about uh competitions and exhibiting yeah. your work and uh, maybe for the listeners at home who are uh, emerging as photographers, uh, yeah. how, like what would be your advice on entering contests? Do you think it's something should you just dive in and go for the the, the, the bigger uh, contests in, in your area or city, wherever it is you live in the world, or would you – do you recommend starting small? Because it's like – uh, I, I have to share with you when I was 13, Lisa, and I don't want, I know you've won a lot of awards, okay? And I don't, <laughs> I know this is going to make you really jealous, all right? And yeah. like, sorry to, to brag. When I was, no, hang on, I was 11. I won a yo yo contest. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So, yeah, I know. And it was a big moment. 
and yeah. uh, that's it so far for me. Right. So I think um, when I was eleven or maybe a bit older, um, do you remember Maya used to have a coloring in competition? Yes, and they and they used to have to color in an Easter egg or a bunny yes. or whatever it was. Did you I win? I won the Maya competition oh and I won God. the biggest bunch of Easter eggs. Oh. And when I came home, I was pissed off <laughs> because my sister and my mother had unwrapped it. How dare they? And I wanted to do it and they yeah. could not understand why I was so annoyed, but I mean, I got over it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I won the, I won the Maya Christmas. And so, and so is that what started you on this? Uh, no, you know, no, not at all. Um, look, I mean, I think I'm a competitive person anyway. Yeah. In order to be in the genre that I'm in, you need to have some competitive competitiveness, yeah. and uh, and you need to. Uh, I guess it's gumption, it's guts, it's grit, it's whatever you want to call it. But I don't mind putting myself out there and yeah. saying, "Well, look, this is what I've done. Like yep. it or leave it." Yeah. Um, but I don't. Uh, there's only one sort of moment in time where I was taking everything personally um, yep. for a couple of years. Yep. You know, I was putting my best foot forward and everything was being rejected and not liked. But That's part of the journey, isn't it? That's it's part like, of the journey. You know. Yeah, and uh, and I think entering competitions, because we we are in a genre where you pretty much work on your own Yes, if you're not in the studio, I think it's important to get out there and show your work and get feedback and Big, bad or good, that doesn't yes. matter. Um, yep. But to be out there and meet other meet other photographers and and create your own community, create your own village, create yep. your own people. Yeah, and, agree. And find people th- that have the same um, likes as you, shoot like you, or don't shoot like you. Be exposed to technique, um, skills. Be exposed to doing things different. Um, be exposed to other people's images, have an opinion as yes. well, critique other people's work, be critiqued. All of that is important um, yes. because even though we're photographers and even though there's a technical side of photography, we're artistic and we're artists. Yes. And if you don't grow in any way, you're not going to get anywhere. And um, so I think competition is important. I think being in exhibitions are important especially group shows if you can't afford to do a solo yeah um or entering art prizes where they're they're um uh where they what's it called what's the word um where they uh, i can't remember the word but where, where they where they uh, acquire the artwork yeah. or yeah. it becomes part of a collection so i can't yeah. remember the word and i think that's important i think it's important to find your style to find what you like i think it's important to um ask other people's opinions that are not necessarily photographers or your parents or your yeah. siblings or yes. your friend or your partner. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cause they're always going to say that it's lovely dear. Your work well, is great. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. But even though you're, they'll be like, Oh, I don't know about that. But um, I think it's, I think it's also um, important to show your clients or your potential clients that there's more, of you rather than just the bit that they're exposed yes. to. A lot of my clients now know that um, I have the Anonymous Man series yeah. and they now know that I've won awards and that yes. they now appreciate me when I turn up. Uh, that was one big thing that I wanted to change when I was shooting. I didn't want to work for people that didn't appreciate me. Uh, I mean, you worked in magazine as well, yeah. so you know you know how how – 
interesting they can be. <laughs> That's about as political or correct as I can put it. Um, but they, you know, they shoved me aside with no explanation yeah. uh, and and just picked up somebody else. And now, and even if I wanted to ring them now and have a conversation, they still would not talk to me. Yeah. And and I think I think as a person, <clears throat> as a human being, that's completely that's rude. It's yeah. completely out there. Be a human first. Yeah. And and shine through shine through photography if that's yep. your genre. If you're a painter, shine through that. If you're a mum, shine through that. But yep. uh, I gave a talk in New Zealand, and one of the words, one of the lines that I used was find the highest expression of yourself. Yeah. Find that find the highest point that you could possibly reach to and and get there and then go higher. Yeah. yeah. So so what would you say to someone who's listening now and they're sitting on the fence, they're thinking, yeah, I like I want to get myself out there but I don't want my work judged, I'm afraid, which is I think that this is everyone's biggest fear when they get their work and out there then what what, what if people don't like it? What What do you say to that? Um, grow up. <laughs> Perhaps that's a bit strong. Well, um, okay. So if you if you don't want to be judged, but you want to be a photographer, then um, then yeah, you'll just do you'll just do your own work, and it won't be shown. And um, you know, you pretty much won't develop, or you won't sell work, or you won't be commissioned. But if you want to take it, you know by the reins and just go for it and um, then I would just um, uh, get as much life experience in photography as possible. I would not leave leave any stone unturned. So just get it out there and uh, get your work in as many. So enter everything basically, so local camera clubs, online awards, and then go up into the higher profile ones or just stick to the higher profile ones. uh, We'll be selective. Like I don't enter everything. I enter my core sort of, you know, I enter Australian awards, the, the Victorian awards or the yep. state awards. Yep. Um, I enter the New Zealand awards every second year and I enter the WPPI awards. So they're the ones that I enter. Yep. And then um, depending on budget and time, I might then do uh, three or four other ones that aren't as big or yes. smaller and I may or may not have success. I'm not, I'm yep. not going in there going, oh, I could win this. I'm going in there going, well, this is another platform for people to see my work. Exactly. So you're thinking about people, it. Stri- yeah. yeah. It's just like it gets yeah. the, it gets your name out there, and that's the most important thing, which is better than you know hiding it and uh, no one ever seeing it and never being um, you know yeah. experiencing and, anything really. Yeah, and then you might surprise yourself. You might mm-hmm. actually win, or people might see your work and then they might commission you to do something. Exactly. Or people might see your work and they might compliment you. So I might say, oh, my God, that is just beautiful. Yeah. And it builds your confidence. Um, a lot of photographers are emotionally tied in to their photography and it's just because we're artists it's, yes. and we're emotional. Um, yes. So, so, so I I don't have that emotion anymore. I'm not so connected to it. That, Did that, uh, it is, is exhibiting as much as you have and um, – uh, entering as many contests is that uh, 
forced you to uh, create a thicker skin and d- decide it's not personal. It's not about. It's not me that they don't like. It's the work, but but that's got nothing to do with you either. It's someone else's emotional reaction to the work, which again has nothing to do with you. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say it's entering the wars, and I wouldn't say it's that part of it. I would yep. say it's the genre that I'm in that yes. has it may, has toughened the- you up advertising photography. Yeah. Yes. I would say that, that would be the genre. Right. Um, However, um, I I do believe that um, uh, you know tapping into your emotions and tapping into yourself is not utilized enough, and mm. and that's perhaps why the anonymous man is being or is as successful as it is. Yeah. And also, just by entering awards and just by getting a profile, I'm then asked to talk about the series. I'm asked to. Yep. Do workshops, mentor people, and um, and that's also interesting. And a lot of people, the question at the moment that I'm getting from a lot of people is, you know, how can I sell my prints? And uh, to be honest, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm flying blind, and I'm doing the best I can. I have a product, and yep. um, it just happens to be a nice one. Yep, and I have to work that out myself. Like I'm like, okay, I've got to a certain point where. Photographers are now buying my prints. People are pre-ordering my book. Yes. Uh, I'm thinking of doing a calendar for this year um, as a limited edition. Yes. You know, where you get – you might get 10 existing images and two new ones. You know, that's that's a good way to release another – another two images the series is now 36 images i would like to get to 70 uh you know every time i do these images it's, it's a very big taxing toll on me physically yes so i have to sit there and make them yeah but also emotionally so i'm i'm either bouncing off the walls when i finish when i know that i'm in the zone and i'm in the you know i'm aligned with everything or i'm absolutely wrecked and it's tough and i've been working on something for a couple of days and i just can't find it yeah. just can't get it it's not gelling it's not working and it's just that's all being an artist that's all being artistic and and, and i'm sure you know michelangelo and leonardo mm. da vinci and and um all the other artists felt exactly the same way so do writers and um people that make films and anyone that expresses it's, them, it's themselves. all of them it's a it's all or nothing it's not something that yeah. you can just like especially uh if you're exhibiting and it's personal projects like this when you put a hundred percent of yourself in there it like it does shine through in the images you see it, it, it definitely yeah um just, uh, just I want to touch on the printing because you are a is it uh, a master an Epson is it? Is yes. So I'm an Epson um, ambassador and I'm yeah. an Ilford master. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It is. That's awesome. And yeah. so I guess when you did start in the dark room when you were like 11, uh, you, you've done your you've done your ten thousand hours. You've probably done your twenty thousand hours. Yeah. So my uh, training oh, age is high. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, have you got any tips that you can uh, pass on, uh, some of your printing tips? Uh, I think one of the most asked questions I get yeah. is how come my images, my prints don't look like the uh, images I see on the screen? What, like what, what yeah. was just your quickly because I know uh, we've yeah. both got to go. Uh, what, what, what's your workflow for that? Well, first of all, your images on the screen will never look the same as when they're printed. Yes. That, I mean they will look close but yep. they, they will never be exactly the same ones. They're too different mediums yep. um, and one's backlit and one's not obviously um, 
But that's a big that's a big point. I think that's, that's what the thing. thing that people forget. Yep. And it's like when you're looking at your image in Photoshop or Lightroom yep. on a screen, it's it's lit, it's backlit, and so yep. that's why most people are disappointed when the, they see the print image. So what what do you do to um, um, work around that? Well, there's a couple of things. One is uh, work. Uh, we're going to go back to the dynamic range. Work within a dynamic range of no more than seven. I would say you know so. If you're looking at your curve mm-hmm. <laughs> on your, um, so bring up your um, histogram and yep. and look at the curves there or the histogram there, and make sure that you have information because it's digital in the black and the whites. So yep. it reaches all the way from zero to two fifty five because we're yep. we're working in RGB, yep. which is the color scape. Um, that would be the first thing that I would look at. Make sure there's no information missing, so there's no gaps in so the histogram. All, yes. Yep. So that would be the first thing. Secondly, uh, uh, you could you could do a test strip, which is very old fashioned, but you could slice the image, um, you know, down the middle or sideways. Well, or across a crucial uh, part, across, obvi- obviously, uh, yeah, of the image. You so don't want to do it through the sky, where you're not going to really yeah, see. You want to have the yeah. all your all your the, main heroes uh, yeah, in that so test sky, strip. Yep. If it's a landscape, sky, mountains, grass, person, whatever, whatever. So you've got a, a slice, and then what you can do is you can do a step. Uh, a step, that is old um, school. That's straight out of the dark room, Lisa. Yeah, the, the, so you and, can and different exposures as you step yeah, along. Yep. You can you can just do one that's normal, one that's plus five percent exposure. So you can just do that on the levels yep. in Photoshop, and then just line them all up. You can also do luminosity changes in them, and you can do uh, shadow or just highlight or whatever it is. You can do as many of them as you want, and yep. then print it. Yeah. So what just I get out of that is it's yeah. not a matter of just uh, pushing a button and hoping for the best. It's like, you know, when we're in the dark room, yeah. these are the steps we took and this is yeah. how you get uh, prints that look like yours, Lisa. It's like you've yeah. got to do the work. <laughs> a slightly and a bit more. But <laughs> the, the, yeah, I know, yeah, I know this yeah. is not what you're doing, but you're you're working those prints as well as, yeah. you know, and all the steps yeah. before. And so there is like – Hundreds of hours that go into each of these yes. images. So that's and, and just uh, just as sort of a guide, the images that won Australian Photographer of the Year uh, last year. Uh, there's one image that I printed approximately about thirty five times. Right. Uh, either test strip or small. I was printing them, you know, five by seven, and and it was really just to adjust the um, tonality, the mood. Huh. And the exposure within the image so that it balanced. Wow! And and I and I when I start, when I do my printing talks, I'll take six. I think there's six of them there, and I'll show people how it went from straight out of the screen to how it ended up in the folio. And you can see very, you can see the difference in the highlights, in the shadow, in the way that the, some of the um, masks and the gradients were changed how the textures were darker or heavier, you know, as I was going through. And that's just a matter of balancing them. I'm probably yeah. a little bit fast now because I've done quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, like I recently created one on screen and I printed it and it was just as I just – I didn't have to do anything to it. Well, did you do uh, a lap like the soccer players? We you <laughs> do a lap around the – I do if I do no. something good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only other crucial thing that I would suggest is that you have your monitor calibrated yeah and that would be either um finding someone that has 
a color monkey or a, uh, some sort of color yeah. spider or some yeah. sort of calibration device, and then and then um, doing a printer profile from your monitor yep. to your printer. Yep, that's uh, crucial. Yeah. And just uh, finally, stock. But what, what's your favorite stock for? Um, what, what are you using? So I use predominantly Ilford. Yep. Yep. Of course. And, <laughs> and, the, anonymous, and the anonymous man is printed on smooth cotton rag. Uh, so it's a rag. Texture. So it's like, is it like a, yeah. a, a canvas kind of feel or is no, it like, like a, an paper. old school? Um, cotton. Yeah, cotton, yeah. Cotton paper, cotton-based paper. So does that have uh, some little flecks and impurities or is it quite fine? No, no, no. This is very fine, very fine. smooth. Yep. Uh, it has, um, you know, it, it takes about 10 minutes for the ink to settle into the paper. Yep. So sometimes there's wow. one of my images when I print and it prints with no detail and you can literally watch the detail come through. It's like, That's it's amazing. like watching it. it uh, be developed in the darkroom. It's highly amazing. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, and then like 24 hours, the print will look different to the way it's come out of the printer. I think so you might have inspired thing. me to buy a printer, Lisa. I think I want to go. <laughs> I, I, I miss it. I really do. I miss seeing I stuff everyone, on paper. I yeah, really do. I think everyone needs to learn how to print. And and I developed the skill. I, I had this massive gap where I was very good at black and white dark room and some color work in the dark room and then I had a lot of years where I didn't print and I was I was actually now like you missing it and yeah. I missed I missed the final step because it's not photography until it's printed as far exactly. as I'm concerned exactly. and so I had to reteach myself how to print and how to get the most out of my printer what have you got I have a p800 an epson p800 can can and you can you send me a link after the interview and I'll put that in the show notes as yeah, well? Yeah, sure. yeah that'd which be great. Is, which is uh, perfect for uh, photographers. It's well priced. It works yep. really well. It yep. does roll paper. Yep. Um, there's a sort of an equivalent Canon. I don't know the model, but there is an equivalent Canon. Yep. And uh, and I and I now have an iZone monitor, so which um, self calibrates and works very well with the printer. Awesome. Well, so we'll yeah. put we'll put a link to the like I'll get you to send me a link to the monitor, the the printer, and the the paper stock paper. that you use yeah. as well. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, now, and, just yep. because I use Ilford doesn't mean you have to run out and you know yep. only use Ilford. Yep. Experiment. Find the paper stock. So the anonymous man was designed for smooth cotton rag. Yeah. Find the paper stock that suits your images. Yes. Don't try and squeeze an image into a paper stock because somebody else is using it. Yeah, and we did yeah. that in the dark room, didn't we, Lisa? Like, yes. I, 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 I think I was using gallery. I'm trying, trying to remember. I've forgotten half the well, note, but I would, I would go for the, um, what you know, I would go through phases in the in the different paper. Yeah. There was a huge, a huge difference but in how the image shot, looked. Yeah, but you shot for that paper. I'm 100 yes. percent sure yes. you shot for yep. that paper. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's the same. You shoot. Yep. And you developed for the paper. Yeah, fantastic. That's amazing, Lisa. You've been so generous with your information and your time today. Is um, is there anything else uh, that you'd like to share and where can Uh, people find you? uh, Well, people can find me on Instagram. It's uh, under Lisa Saad. Um, Facebook, if they do a search, you'll find me. I have a GoFundMe campaign. If you would like to own your own anonymous man, there's a mystery print um, still available, but that won't be available for until until the end of the year, and then after that, it'll be gone. But it's a good way to buy art and to help me cre- keep creating art. Um, 
So, and if you are interested in a particular one, you just have to write in the comments. I really like this one and you'll probably get it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> That's good <I'm>, to know. <laughs> yeah. So, and also my website. So you can just hunt me down through gossipstudios.net or lisasard.com. And, and it's Lisa, I-L-I-S-A and Saad, S-A-A-D. Dot com, yeah. Dot com. Um, thanks so much, Lisa. It's That's been awesome right. chatting to you. Yep, thank you. Thanks for having me. Wow, Lisa Saad. I love just how frank and honest she is in 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 the chat. So yeah, it was, it's great it to was hear. A, a very honest, and she was very generous with her information. Mm. So I do thank Lisa very much. So that's lisasaad dot com. You can go and check out. Uh, uh, her work and also uh, I've also listed in the show notes uh, a link to the printer that she talked about her paper that she prefers mm. and the monitor that she works on and you can also check out if you want to be a part of the anonymous man project she's got a GoFundMe um, happening there so that's uh, also linked in the show notes and um, yeah well worth checking out brilliant we'll put all of the links in the show notes at GinaMilitia.com. So we are almost at the end of this week's episode. What are you up to in the coming week, Gina? All right. So we've got some – I've got to get out and shoot with this mirrorless uh, camera. Oh, yeah, your new Yeah, yeah, I've got to Mm. do more with that. And I'm also currently researching – upgrading my Mac because it's like when I'm doing like I've got often Lightroom Photoshop open and mm. like other apps it's like it's running out of it's tired poor baby yeah. the one that I've, like I've worn it out so I was looking at the specs on the new ones and oh my god just in a couple of years it's amazing how how fast they go so I'll mm. be getting into that and the, it's a party season pretty much so I've been socializing a lot more than I do really like <laughs> Wow, that's very un you. <laughs> it is un me, and it's like I'll do three, like you know, over the weekend I did three in a row, and then I'm oh my like, God. Uh, yeah, that's you know what I'm like, don't you? Because you, mm. you're like, you'll go, how many times have you been out this week? And then you'll go, I'm not going to ask you because you won't come. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that's what, what about you, Val? What oh, I've been a bit stressed because I've I, had quite a number of deadlines, mm-hmm. um, and I'm also going to Hawaii for a conference um, this at the do. end of this week. Yes, so there's just so much to do before then, and commissions to ship off, and um, artworks to package up. I went to you know my local hardware store again for the <laughs> twenty millionth time. I'm, I'm like I know all of them. I've got their phone yeah. numbers even. Yeah. Um, and uh, to buy bubble wrap because to wrap up the artwork in like as in copious amounts of bubble wrap yeah. because that's what I'm doing these days, a lot of wrapping <laughs> and yeah. sending and packing. I've got to outsource that. This is anyway. what happens when you're a Renaissance woman, Val. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's all part anyway, of it. Let's move on. Where do we find you online, Gina? 
So I'm at Gina Militia uh, across all social media platforms and you can also find me in the So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast group, which is awesome. I love uh, hanging out in there. And if you want uh, sort of more personal um, interaction with me and support with your photography, you can find me in the Goal community, Val. What about you? Awesome. You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram, and I hang out in the goal community and put in my two cents as well and it's, um, like, it's more than two cents Val it's gold some of the um some of the information you drop in there so it's great to have you there it's great fun I love seeing how people have progressed and I love seeing all the different styles of photography and from so many different countries anyway thanks for listening everyone and we look forward to chatting to you again next time thanks guys Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.